Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Hello and welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Curveball. I am your host, Curveball, and today I am joined by best-selling author, certified financial planner, and podcaster, Mark Willis. Mark, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Why don't you start off by telling everybody, giving people a little bit of your background, who you are, where you're from, where you're at, and anything else you want the audience to know. Well, yeah, uh, thank you. My uh, background is not in finance originally. Uh, I went through college and graduated with a totally different degree. Maybe a lot of your listeners can relate to this, where you leave college and then you finally figure out what you want to do with your life. (laughs) Uh, But part of that figuring it out had to do with me kind of realizing that student loans don't just go away the moment you graduate. They seem to stick around. I don't know if that uh, resonates with you or not, but my experience was that student loan payments felt like a massive noose around my neck that I had to find a way to break free from. We had over six figures of student loan debt between my wife and I, and no plan to really pay it off. And that's really what got us focused on our own personal financial journey. And for a lot of the years thereafter, we were just laser focused uh, to try to find the best way to pay off that debt. The original plan was to just wipe it out the the debt snowball way, which if you're not familiar with that, it's where you take the minimum payment on all your student loans or all your debts and then throw everything extra that you possibly can on the smallest payment or possibly the one with the largest interest rate. We did that plan for a few years, and then we woke up to what was then what we then found to be a much better way to pay off our debts. And we stumbled across that strategy. It became so revolutionary to my wife and I that we started the business Lake Growth Financial Services. I went through and got my certified plan, uh, certified financial planner designation, and we've been helping clients coast to coast, uh, not just on debt payoff, but on retirement strategies that are sane and time-tested, helping parents send their children to college without going broke, helping business owners get started with uh, a solid, rock-solid financial plan to weather any storm, pandemic or no. And that's been our joy and our delight ever since. That's uh, now going on almost 10 years. Well, let's talk about your college debt. Um, I, I, when you said six figures, I didn't realize it was you and your wife because I was wondering, man, how do you accumulate six figures of college debt? What were you going <laughs> to college to be? Oh, yeah. Um, well, we had a, uh, I had a ministry degree, two of them. Uh, they held me back for grad school. And my wife had an art degree. And that was uh, graduating in 2008. So, you know, lots of demand for our jobs in the midst of the Great Recession. <laughs> Not at all, actually. We worked uh, mostly restaurant jobs, side jobs, uh, website design, anything we could do to scratch together enough to cover the rent and make that massive uh, student loan bill go away. Yeah, because those student loans, uh, they won't quit. They take Social Security check and everything. How did right. you guys 
finally get get it taken care of? Well, that's a great question. Uh, so I'm going to share kind of a not so average way of uh, financial planning here. But that's our podcast, uh, I guess. The name of our show is Not Your Average Financial Podcast. So I guess I got to live up to our namesake there. But what we did, we started, as I mentioned, with Dave Ramsey's debt snowball method, paying the debts off directly, just throwing money into the hole, as I call it now. And it feels good in the moment, but so does eating a cupcake. Once you're done with that cupcake, though, you get that empty feeling in your stomach. And for me, the empty feeling was realizing that I'll never see this money ever again. And not only will I not see my dollars that I paid off on my student loans ever again, I'll also never see what that money might have grown to had I left the money invested instead. Because guys, the truth is, even when we pay cash for cars, vacations, student loans in my case, it's a dollar that will never see work for us ever again. And at the time, we were in our mid to late 20s doing all this. And you know that the dollar in your 20s is more valuable than a dollar in your 40s or 60s because of the power of compound interest. So we got about halfway through our project of paying off all that debt, woke up and said, we're losing our most valuable dollars we'll ever have in our hands. And so we found a better way. What we ended up doing, counterintuitive as it might sound, is we used a whole life policy maximized not for commissions, the old-fashioned way, but maximized for cash accumulation, wealth accumulation. We built up a ton of money in that. And it's a guaranteed bucket of money that we then borrowed against. So we used our whole life policy as a way to borrow against that cash uh, and wipe out our student loans one at a time. So we bought back our debt. We didn't just pay it off. We became the banker. And that allowed us to continue to get growth and earn interest from ourselves and have our money growing and working for us even as we paid off the debt. To me, it was a revolutionary way to not just become debt-free, but to become better than debt-free. We, we became the banker to ourselves. So for those who don't know, explain what a whole life policy is and how that works and how you get involved in one if you would like to. Well, the first thing I'll say is there are over 400,000 life insurance agents in this country. And that's one for every 800 Americans. So don't just go to the guy or gal who you met in high school who's got a life insurance license. Uh, there's only about 200 insurance professionals, financial planners like myself, uh, who have been trained and certified through the Bank on Yourself Professionals Program. It's a very elite group of financial advisors, accountants, uh, and, and more who have the specific training to design a whole life policy, not for the death benefit or the commissions paid to the agent. Usually they have to take about a 70% pay cut to design a policy the correct way. But if it's designed correctly, what happens is it grows significant cash value, your money, living benefits, not just death benefit cash for your family, but living benefits earned cash value that's your money it's liquid money accessible for any reason and if it's built correctly you've got money in the first month the first three months six months first year second year that you can then use as a financial management tool for any reason we used it to pay off all of our student loan debt but you know you could use it for your business or buying a car 
or down payment on some real estate, you know, the sky's the limit. There's no prohibited transactions on this money. And what's interesting is when I borrow against the life insurance cash value, it will continue to grow and earn interest and dividends to me as if I had never taken the loan. And that to me is the power. That's the sweet sauce right there because breaking compound growth is the worst is the worst thing you can do in a financial plan. Charlie Munger, who works with Warren Buffett, he is, he's quoted saying, uh, the worst thing you can do in your financial life is to break compound interest unnecessarily. And if you think about it, you break compound interest every time you buy a cup of coffee or a car or anything else. Every time you buy something, it's spent money. It's gone. And it's also the lost opportunity to see that money grow ever again. As I mentioned, when I was in my 20s and I'm, I'm in my mid-30s now, those dollars now are more valuable than a dollar when I'm 60 because of the power of compound growth. So by using the policy and buying back my debt, paying off the loans one at a time, we were able to continue to earn growth, dividends, compound interest on our debt, paying off our debts, rather than just throwing money in a hole. So we actually coined the phrase, we trademarked the phrase, the debt snowbank method. Not the debt snowball method, but the debt snowbank method. Kind of uh, our little tip of the hat to Dave Ramsey, I guess. Uh, so that's a bit about what is a whole life policy, but how it could be used specifically to bank on yourself. Well, you say that there's only special agents or certain agents that can provide that. If, if I was going to be looking for a whole life policy because I heard this podcast and what you described about it, how would I go about finding and knowing that the agent is really going to give me that? Because I know if I go to an insurance agent and I say, hey, I need a whole life policy, they're going to say, oh, I can do that. But oh, they yeah. may not be able to. So how do I know for sure that the agent I'm going with is going to give me that? And how much would a whole life policy run? Yeah, you're right. Uh, don't take this episode to your financial insurance or to your insurance agent or financial professional. If very likely, if they don't have on their email signature or their website, the words bank on yourself professional, they likely don't know about this or uh, they would set it up for you incorrectly. I've met too many people who took this to their investment guy or gal or to their insurance guy or gal and ended up with a tax burdened slow growing endowment contract or some other mess that's still tied to the stock market, this really must be engineered correctly. I can't overemphasize that. I don't get into an elevator unless I see that little seal of certification <laughs> that where it passed inspection. I don't um, buy uh, certain food unless it has that seal, uh, USDA organic on it. You know, you, you live and die by the labels when it comes to making purchases in, in certain parts of your life. Uh, and the same should be true with our finances. Don't just go with anybody uh, when it comes to your money. Your money is too important. Uh, I, I would go to the best heart surgeon available if I needed a heart, sur a heart surgery. Same should be true for your money. So look for a bank on yourself professional. Uh, we have a website we've set up for folks that want to just say hello and get to know us a bit more to find our podcast or to learn more about the bank on yourself concept. Uh, you can go to bit.ly slash learn boy. That's bit.ly slash learn B-O-Y, bank on yourself. 
If you go to bit.ly slash learnboy, you'll be able to learn more about what we're up to and subscribe to our podcast and learn more about what we're up to. So go ahead and spell out that bit.ly to make sure uh, people get to the right website. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's uh, Bravo India Tango. So B-I-T and then dot L-Y slash learn boy. Learn B-O-Y. Perfect. Now, you are a two-time best-selling author. Let's talk about your books and break down uh, what your books cover. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's been a real privilege to co-author several books, the first of which was with Pamela Yellen, the New York Times bestselling author who co-authored the book, The Bank on Yourself Revolution. Uh, so she and I and some other financial professionals uh, wrote the book, The Secret to Lifetime Financial Security. There are hundreds of thousands of Americans across the country who have already taken on the challenge to bank on themselves. And for the last 200 plus years, they've been using this strategy of using high cash value life insurance to meet their financial goals. Uh, you know, the guy who founded uh, McDonald's, he used a life insurance policy loan to uh, set up and design and help him make those initial purchases. J.C. Penney, who made it through the uh, Great Depression of the 1930s, used a life insurance loan to help cover payroll costs when banks stopped lending. You know, we could keep going. No, numerous politicians, numerous business owners, uh, regular guys like you and me. Uh, so we write in that book a bit, a bit about that secret to lifetime financial security. I wrote another book with a gentleman named Danny Stock. Uh, the book is called How to Be an Amazon Legend and Fire Your Banker. So we talk a lot about business owners in that book and the, I guess, the concerns or the troubles that they usually come across when it comes to getting access to capital. And specifically, we speak to e-commerce business owners, people who have an online store uh, on Amazon, let's say, or elsewhere. And so we can become Amazon legends when we fire our banker. And then the last one's uh, a book called Real Estate Investing for Women. And don't ask me how I got uh, tagged on that book, uh, but <laughs> I guess they let me sneak in as a dude. Uh, but Monica Sawyer's been on ABC, NBC, CBS, all the morning shows. She's been very successful as a real estate investor, and she allowed me to uh, chime in, give my two cents on ways to use the same strategy of bank on yourself for buying and selling real estate. So you talk about Dave Ramsey. Um, do you know Dave Ramsey per personally? Or have you worked with him or is he just one of your favorite financial planners? Yeah. Uh, well, he certainly, I was certainly a fanboy of his. That's for sure. I, I listen to his show every single day. Uh, I've, uh, I've never met the man and I certainly applaud him for helping people get focused on their budget. Uh, but uh, I, I will say this, several of our clients, one in particular, one gentleman in particular, uh, grew up with Dave, uh, lived down the street from him, um, and had Thanksgiving dinner at his house and, and more. And another gentleman who is a client of mine uh, used to be one of Dave Ramsey's uh, investor advisors, where folks would call him up and, and do investments after taking Dave's uh, sponsorship recommendations. A uh, gentleman who said this to me said, you know, uh, really, it's uh, it's not something I can continue to recommend to clients, uh, telling them to jump into the Wall Street casino uh, with money that they may or may not have ability to lose. I always make a distinction between saving and investing in my financial practice. Investing's fine, but it should only be done with money you can afford to lose. 
If you can't afford to lose it, we shouldn't be investing it. We should be saving it instead. And a whole life policy is not an investment. So I always tell folks, don't look at whole life insurance, even a bank on your self-designed policy as some sort of investment alternative. It'll grow nice and predictably, guaranteed even, but it won't ever keep up with the best years of the stock market. It's not meant to be a replacement for your brokerage account. Uh, What it can do is provide safe, predictable, and inflation-beating returns over time. And it does it all inside of a policy which can be accessed under current law. You can get all the cash out totally tax-free. This, to me, sounds a lot like what Dave Ramsey says to do with your Roth IRA investments, except I can do it without any market risk and without all the government restrictions of a Roth IRA. That's a long answer to your question, but no, I don't know him personally, uh, but I certainly feel like I do. And uh, we've had a couple of uh, interactions on YouTube uh, where we respond to some of his videos. That's a perfect answer to my question. So talk about what you do for parents and, and college students. Uh, um, when you when you help them out, you talk about how you help them go to college and not have so much debt like you did. Yeah, if I could have uh, in, introduced this strategy to my parents when I was just one or two years old, if someone had come to, to my family, uh, my parents, when I was just a baby and set it up, set up one of these bank on yourself type whole life policies, uh, things might have gone a little differently in college for me. Uh, so yeah, you can set up bank on yourself designed whole life policies for your children uh, to help them with their college. Now, most people I meet with sit down with me and they're concerned about the cost of college going up. And we'll meet over the phone or over Zoom and, and they'll, they'll see, I'll share my screen and show them the future cost of college for their four-year-old or their nine-year-old or whatever. And the, the incredible growth of college tuition is just unsustainable in this country. And the, the, the truth is folks don't have ability to save a quarter million dollars for a public school degree, which is about what it'll cost uh, for a young child this, born this year. So what we're able to do is pack money into a whole life policy. Now, the interesting thing here is that cash values in a whole life policy are available to the child, whether they go to college or not. You know, if you stick money into a college savings account, like a 529 or an ESA, there's no telling if that kid might become the next uh, Albert Einstein or, or Bill Gates and not finish college. But if you put money into a whole life policy, you can use that money to help them with the down payment on their real estate, help them uh, with the wedding cost or anything else they might choose to do, including college. Now, the nice thing here too is uh, the policy is their retirement asset as much as it is a college plan. So as soon as they're done with paying off their college loan to themselves through the policy, <laughs> they have a ready to go earned asset for their future retirement someday. I mean, it's a great way to provide a great kickstart for a young, uh, young adult's financial future. So how much, uh, average, I guess, uh, I'm sure you couldn't give a, a, uh, direct cost, but how much do one of these whole life policies run? You know, it really does depend. I hate to say that, but, um, you know, I've, I've got clients that are setting up these policies with just two, three, 400 bucks a month on the small end for adults less for a child or as much as you can imagine, you know, whether it's uh, 300 bucks a month or 300,000 bucks a year, it's really up to you and your goals. That's why we have one-on-one advisory consultations first. I don't presume that this is a good fit for your audience or even in individuals listening today. 
I just don't know everyone's story. But I do know that most people I meet could stand to have some more liquidity and some more predictability, some more guarantees in their portfolio, uh, some more tax-free money in retirement. So what we do is we sit down and we have a listening phone call or two where we listen to your goals, your concerns. If it turns out this strategy of bank on yourself is not a good fit, we don't tell folks to do it. It doesn't help them out, doesn't help us out to put folks in things that don't benefit them. So a couple hundred bucks a month on the low end to answer your question, uh, but as high as you can imagine. Absolutely. So um, is there anything else that we left out that you would like to talk about? Talk about how you help businesses. Uh, if, I, if we have business owners out there wanting to get into this strategy. Yeah. Well, you know, think about where we're headed as a country right now. God forbid, I hope we have uh, some good news with this vaccine and and uh, the, the business climate. But even in 2015, Chase, JP Morgan Chase did a study that the average business, more than 50% of businesses couldn't make it 27 days without cash, without inflows of cash, 27 days. And here we are going almost a year into this pandemic. So, they're all on a lifeline, that's for sure. So what we help our business owner clients do is position themselves where they have a cash line of credit to themselves. They are their own banker. They are their own source of financing. They don't have to beg a banker uh, or get a generous line of credit from a banker. And when banks stop lending again, as they always seem to when tough times come, it's our clients with this big contingency capital as an asset on the balance sheet of their business who will be able to use that cash to help them weather any storm and even become more competitive. Think about it. If nine out of 10 businesses are about to shutter and you know all these restaurants, I just feel for the, the pain and the shortcomings of so many businesses out there. But man, if, if you're the one business that can buy a bunch of equipment from the businesses going out of business, doesn't that make you more competitive when we all come out of this whole thing and we're ready to start a brand new chapter in this country's future? It's the people who have cash that'll be able to survive and not just survive, but become more resilient and even stronger as a result. So that's how we help our business owner clients. We help them set up their own line of credit to themselves because when you're the banker, you will never be denied a loan. <laughs> I can't imagine denying myself a loan or repoing my own car. Uh, I just, uh, maybe I should do that, but I, it hasn't happened yet. So let me ask you real quick. Um, are you and your wife uh, using your degrees to any degree? Or are you just strictly all in on the financial aspect? You know, honestly, I feel like my financial work is a ministry. I've had more tears shed in my office since doing financial planning than I ever did in helping our ministry nonprofit group that we volunteered with for a time. I never expected I'd be a priest or a pastor behind a pulpit somewhere. That just wasn't my, my MO, I guess, my calling. But I will tell you that the, the work of money in people's lives is very spiritual for a lot of people, regardless of your faith or background. It, money goes right to the core of who a person is, what you value, where you spend your time, uh, what you, I would even use the word worship for some people. Uh, and money can be a very healthy thing, or it could be a very unhealthy thing. Just depends on, 
yeah, your, your relationship to this thing called money. It's a very weird and interesting uh, element to our reality. You know, money didn't quite literally doesn't grow on trees. So it's not part of nature. It's part of human civilization. And yet we have this very interesting uh, kind of metaphysical reality with money. So I, I find a lot of very interesting overlaps between ministry and money. In fact, Jesus himself talked more about money than any other topic except the kingdom of God. So that's kind of interesting. And my wife, she's an absolutely incredible artist and just brings beauty to our home and brings uh, helps us design our website uh, and so much more. So she she makes sure that I don't uh, <laughs> I don't look like a bachelor pad when folks visit our website or uh, go anywhere uh, to our office, etc. Okay, well that's that's a good thing, and you did put an interesting spin on that. That's great. Um, is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you would like to touch on before we head out this episode? Yeah, just uh, just keep in mind, guys, that just because I'm on here talking about this one strategy, it's not all we do at our firm. And I wouldn't recommend everyone just rush out and go get one of these bank on yourself type policies. You really want to do your own research. We do have a podcast where folks can research it further with over 100 episodes on the topic. But the main thing I'd say is ask yourself this one question. What do you want your money to do for you? I don't have the answer to that question. But but remember that where you put your money makes it do different things. 401k is different than a shoebox or paying down your mortgage or in my case, paying off my student loans. Where you keep your money makes it act different. So just having that conversation with yourself, do I want my money growing tax deferred where it's going to be taxed in the future or do I want it tax-free? Do I want my money shaky and risky in the markets or do I want it guaranteed? Do I want my money locked up for 30 years in a 401k or do I want it liquid and accessible? These are questions that only you can answer. But that'd be what I'd leave your listeners with. So I guess uh, you, you just raised another question. Um, tell folks who might be interested in, because uh, I imagine your firm is nationwide. So if somebody was interested in doing business with you, what all do you do at your financial firm? So we'll sit down on a one-on-one -on -one advisory listening role and just discern what we need to do together to help you move forward in your financial goals without taking a bunch of unnecessary risks. So this might include the bank on yourself strategy we've talked about. It might include IRA rollovers, helping your uh, old 401k breathe new life and create an income that you cannot outlive in your retirement. It's huge. How many of us don't know how long we're going to live? I'd say that's 100% of us. So we need to let our money last as long as we do. So we work on that with strategies with clients, social security strategies, college funding strategies, business owner solutions, real estate investing. Uh, it, it ties into a comprehensive financial strategy all the way down to your estate plan and making sure you leave the best legacy you can for your future. Perfect. So go ahead and throw out contact information, ways that people can connect with you, any social media, ways that they can purchase books and check out your podcast. Yeah, the, the podcast is called Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Not Your Average Financial Podcast. The best way you can get in touch with us and just be in touch is to go to that bit.ly link I mentioned earlier, bit.ly forward slash learn boy to find out all about what, we, what we're up to. Perfect. Mark Willis, 
thank you so much for joining me today. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Anytime. And listeners, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show after listening. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.